God is so good to us. And we have so much to be thankful for and excited about. This morning, we're, we're in the first chapter of Joshua. We're going to talk about claiming Canaan. And um, I'm going to read the whole chapter. So those that are able, if you'd like to stand as we read God's word. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be, very, be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, Get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan, here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord your God is giving you rest and has granted you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead of your brothers. You are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you. And until you too have taken possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them, will he will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Well, you did it. In a sea of prospects, trial and error, listening and praying and praying and praying and studying, the Lord has answered and a pastor has been called. Clay Cruz will be headed this way. This has been a stressful and critical time in the life of the church. Anytime you're without a pastor, anytime you're in the midst of something different, it's a critical time and stressful. Everyone has a different opinion about what the perfect pastor looks like. They all have their own ideas. They all would love to see it done a certain way. Some want a strong pulpiteer. Someone a strong visitor. Someone, someone very evangelistic. Someone, somebody that's really organized. Someone, somebody that's really outgoing and personable. Someone, somebody to leave them alone. 
some want all the above in one person. Well, guess what? There's no perfect pastor. They don't exist. So you don't have to worry if you called the perfect pastor or not. You didn't. You called a child of God. You called someone that is following the Lord, that loves the Lord and serves him. That's what you need. A pastor that will serve the Lord will follow his leadership so that he can come. So he can make it off. So it takes the pressure off, okay? The pressure's off. Be strong and courageous. If you didn't hear anything else in that passage of Scripture, if you noticed, I think it was four or five times it said in there. Be strong and courageous. My guess is he wanted them to be strong and courageous. Just, you know, just Wes trying to figure that out. Joshua was their new appointed leader. He takes over after Moses died. How would you like to follow Moses? Think about that. You know, I mean, let's face it. Moses was a pretty good leader. He had led them, well, he led them out of Egypt, out of slavery. He parted, God parted, but he led them to part the Red Sea. Destroyed that army. Followed the pillar of fire and the cloud all throughout the day. I mean, he did some, he received the Ten Commandments twice. Pretty good leader. You all have had great leaders in the past in this church. Mike Purdy, great leader. You've had some other great pastors throughout the years. I don't even know all of them. Had me for the last few months. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, really. <laughs> but you know, Moses was not perfect. He had his times, remember? even killed an Egyptian person. I think he even didn't take him over to the promised land when God told him to take him. I think he got to wander in the desert a little longer than he wanted to. But now it's Joshua's turn. He was not going to be perfect either. But yet, he was who God called. Now it's Clay's turn. God's called him to you, a great young pastor. Everyone in this church worked together. You prayed together. You gave, you gave ideas. You gave options. You, you, the committee worked tirelessly. But everyone in this church worked and prayed together. This is a church thing. You all voted unanimously. That's God. That's how God works. When these things happen, God has opened it. Your prayers have been answered, and God has provided. So now's the time to be strong and courageous. It really is. Because new starts and directions are sometimes difficult and sometimes scary. Let's face it, you don't know Clay that well. He doesn't know you that well. Now you did the best you could do, but as the adage goes, you don't know somebody until they're there and you met them and get to know them. When I came, you didn't know who I was. When Mike Purdy came, you did not know who he was. But as the years went on, you learned more and more about him. 
he learned more and more about you. You see, it all works together. It's scary, but it's necessary. You have a chance right now to see God work in miraculous ways. I am counting on it. I'm, I'm going to be praying for y'all. I know God's got some awesome things planned for this congregation. I can already see it. I can already see a little bit more, oh, yeah, this is the next step. We've got this. <laughs> the committee's got a real relief sign on their faces. You know, they're kind of like, we finally got this done. But it's a chance to see that just as Israelites understood that they had a new leader to follow, they, like you, know that God has put the pieces into place. They had three days to get ready to go to battle. Gave them three days. You all have a little bit more time. You have a few weeks before he's going to come on, on board. But we need to be ready to see how this new leadership is going to work. It'll be a trying. It will be difficult. You will need to be strong and courageous. You really will. Because it's, it's going to be different. But God's timing is perfect. You all have to understand that. We think sometimes, Lord, when are you going to do that? Come on now, we've been waiting. We've been waiting. It's been over a year now, Lord. Lord, where's, you know, let's have it done. His timing is perfect. We need to understand that. It's perfect in our own lives. It's perfect in Clay's life. It's perfect in this church's life. We can't let the giants of the land take us off track. Remember, that's what got them off track in the first place. Oh, but those giants, they're big. I don't know if we can take them. I don't, even though God's told us, I don't know. Folks, you're going to have some giants. We've got some giants. Can I be real? There's a lot of giants around here. You've got a neighborhood that's difficult to reach. But we've got to be strong and courageous and do it. You've got a town that's difficult to reach. You have a lot of students that go in and go out. They show up for a while, they leave. They're back and they're forth. You all are in a difficult situation. But God is still there, here. We have our marching orders, <laughs> so now is not the time to let our guard down. There's so much to do. You've already accomplished much, but now the work really begins. We think that now, oh, we got a pastor. Let's sit back. Let's take it easy. Let's pop our feet up. Let him take care of it. It don't work that way. I hate to tell you this. Bad news. Now the work really begins. You're going to let Clay, oh, let him bring him in. Let him show. Let him show us his stuff. Let him do his great, awesome preaching and, and do all that. He cannot do this by himself. That is not what we're to do. We need to step up, really listen to God. We must follow Christ and Clay's leadership and see what, is, what exciting and, and terrifying things God has in store. Because he has some exciting and terrifying things in store. There's going to be some things you wonder. I don't know. Interim times are tough, let's face it. These times without a pastor kind of in the interim, it's kind of tough, because new people are watching and seeing, oh, who's going to be the preacher, what's going to happen now, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to, well, I'm going to wait and see, and I'm going to do this, all the new people kind of, they're not quite sure, the older folks are worried about what changes might be coming, 
Oh, now what are they going to change? Now, I'm not sure about this. The younger folks are going to go, I'm not sure about what kind of changes are going to come. You think it's only older folks that worry about change? I'm finding out more and more that the young people worry about it just about as much as the older folks do. And then there's going to be those folks that worry that no changes are going to come. Think about it. If things don't change, how are we ever going to minister in 2022, in 2023, in 2024? If these last two years haven't taught us anything, change comes. Look around. The way we do church, the way we minister, the way we reach out is totally different than it was just two years ago. And it's scary. And if you think it's scary as a congregational member, let me tell you as a pastor, it's scarier. Because all of a sudden they're trying to figure out now what is the new way and how do I really do this without causing panic, without causing issues. So we need to be like the Israelites and answer the call. Show us, Lord, what you would have us to do. We'll work together and follow your leadership. Can we say we're going to do that? Just exactly what the Israelites said. They said, we're going to follow you, Joshua. We know you're the man that God's called. We're here to follow you. Show us what we'll do. We'll work together. We'll need to be obedient to Christ to listen to him. We all have tasks to do. What? What are you talking about? You're going to make us work now? I thought this was the deal. We've got a preacher. We don't have to work anymore. <laughs> that doesn't do it that way. You can't stop and sit back and say, we have a pastor. Let him take care of everything. We can't do that, can we? <laughs> no. What we can do is work together. Forest Heights has a chance to reboot. You thought about that? You know, every, time, every once in a while we have to reboot our computer, don't we? Or our phones, something that just all freezes up. And I think sometimes we forget that sometimes we have to reboot ourselves. I have to reboot myself every so often. Now, Wes, you've done it this way, done that, and it's so long. Now, come on, you get with the program. You know, my son will tell me all the time, you just don't know what you're talking about. You have no idea about technology or you don't have any time. You need to get with the program, Dad. You just don't have a clue. And he's right most of the time. We have to reach out. We have, we have to try some new things. We're going to have to try new things. We're going to have to tweak some old things. We've got to reach out to those that may have drifted away during the pandemic. Everybody in here knows somebody that's kind of drifted away during this pandemic. And it's time to say, okay, we need you. You see, God provides what is needed in every church. He provides the people and the talent and the gifts of people in every church. Our problem is we don't always use those gifts and talents for the Lord that he's provided us to use. And so we sit back and wait for somebody else to do it. And it doesn't work right. See, nobody should have to do everything. Do I need to repeat that? No one person should have to do everything. Thank you. But why? Because God's provided a, a, an army of folks 
to take the land, to claim Cana, to take over Forest Heights, to show them that God loves them and cares for them and can minister to them. Our natural impulse pulse will be to stop and take a breath. We finally got to where we want to be. No, we haven't. Now is when we've got to be strong and courageous. I'm going to keep repeating it because I'm afraid we're not. What we're doing is being meek and mild and apathetic. We need to be strong and courageous and take on because this lost and dying community and world needs us to. It is time for us to do that. I'm not sure you all realize what God is about to do here. I, I really believe with all my heart that God's fixing to take off from this place. And I, I don't want to be left behind. I'm sure you don't want to be left behind it. We need to trust and expect him to do something. Unfortunately, most of us expect God to do nothing. And guess what? We've met our expectations. We've just let him, we haven't done it. We just, well, God, you can't do it. I don't, want to. I don't know about your God, but my God's big enough to take care of all this stuff. He's big enough to take care of anything that comes our way. I don't care what the problem is. You see, you're stepping out on faith. You called a man to come that you really think can handle things. We have to remember that support from you will be crucial. You've got to support this guy. You come in here and just drop it all in his lap. When I moved to Waynesboro, Georgia, I was the new youth and music guy. New in town, I, I got to meet, Todd's here visiting, I got to meet Todd for the first time there. And, and he was excited because Rosemont was known for doing lock-ins. And so all the other ministers of youth around town liked the fact that Rosemont did the lock-ins because they didn't have to. What poor Rosemont found out for me is I felt lock-ins were of the devil. I'm sure Satan inspired lock-ins. I'm sure. and Because I had not had good experience with lock-ins. And I'll, someday I'll tell you all those stories of my early days in lock-ins. But anyway, I moved to Waynesboro, Georgia. They had this great youth, I mean, Roosevelt had a super youth group. I mean, they were known for the youth group in town. They had the best youth group. Well, I got to town, I was excited. They had this great leadership. They had all these people. The leadership started dropping out on me. Well, wait a minute, what are you doing? We got you now. We done. My eyes got about this big, and I started looking around going, what in the world are you doing to me? These kids already trust you guys. They don't know me. They don't ever trust me yet. But they just drop me like a hot potato. Folks, if you do that to your new pastor, his good eyes are going to get this big and goes, now what am I supposed to do? Now fortunately, I was able to find some new leadership and we brought it in and we pulled it together and did some great things. But, but that was not my intention. I didn't want the, the people that had always been there to quit. Matter of fact, I needed them to show me the ropes, what they did that was working, and what they did that didn't. Those are the things you have to do. He will need, you will be needed to support every part. They'll need manpower and woman power. You, he needs that. You, all, every church needs all that. You will need leadership and followship. Okay? 
There's followers in every group and there's leaders in every group. And guess what? Both are needed. If you've got a whole group of leaders, nothing gets done because everybody's got their own idea how to do it. You've got a bunch of followers. You've got nobody knowing what to do. They just follow everybody else, kind of go in a circle. They'll need financial support as well as the support of your gifts and talents. He'll need spiritual support as well as your physical support. See, this is all things that has to be worked together. Everything you get ready to do and for the next month until he gets here has got to be bathed in prayer. If you're not bathing it in prayer, nothing's going to happen. Everyone needs to support and follow God's leadership. We'll have to put God's way of doing things. We'll have to put our idols away. You know, those things that we put before God, those things that we put out there as sacred, we call them sacred cows maybe, you know, those things we put out there that we think, oh, well, we can't do without that, we've got to have this. But we don't know what God has in store. We cannot let God's way get pushed to the back and our way get pushed to the front. We're going to have new and unique opportunities to minister. You're going to have new and unique opportunities to minister. I don't have a clue what they may be. God does. He's already preparing it. Folks, you are sitting here in a place that's got a great amount of potential. You've got a field out here that can be used for God's glory in ways that none of us have thought of. You all have facilities here that can be used for God's glory that some of us haven't even thought of. Those are the things we look for. But we're going to have to be strong and courageous if we're going to do this, or we're going to separate and let others fill in what we should be. Everyone here is equipped in a unique way. Everybody's sitting in here. You've got your own gifts and talents. You're equipped in a unique way and ready, and ready to cross over into Canaan. Remember, this was the promised land. God's promised that he'll be with us and he'll be faithful. We just have to trust him and let him. Now we've got to decide that our commitment is to the Lord and him alone. That's where we start. We trust God to lead us in the way we should go. Yet we can't do it without blindly following him. Folks, sometimes we, we, we look at things and we go, oh, I don't know that we can do it that way. Oh, nobody, nobody, I've never heard of any church doing that before. Good, you'll be the first one. Good, you'll have something unique. I had people try to get me to get into the WANA program, which WANA, hear me, WANA is a wonderful program. It's amazing. It takes a boatload of volunteers to do it. But in Waynesboro, we had three other churches that did a WANA. I said, why would we need a fourth church to do a WANA? It was a small town. Now, in Athens, 10 or 15 churches could do a WANA. But in Waynesboro, they didn't need it. So I said, well, let's, what is our niche going to be? And we found our own niches. And that's what you're going to have to do. That's what we're going to have to do. We have to be, we have to, we're going to be uncomfortable at sometimes. I might repeat that one too. You're going to be uncomfortable at some times. You don't like to be uncomfortable. 
He's going to ask us to do things we don't understand. But he will give us the strength and the courage to follow him and to do those things, to mount it up and handle it. We cannot go wrong if we trust Christ and follow him. Are we going to follow him? Are we going to let him help us take forest heights to the promised land? Are are we going to let God take us to minister to this community and this area so that they will know how to get to the promised land, which we know is heaven? You see, we have a world out there of lost people that desperately need a Savior. They don't even know what they need. They just know they need something. What is it? We know it's Jesus Christ. We know that he is the only hope they have. And guess what? We have the word. We know him. We need to tell them. We need to show them. We need to show them the love that Christ gives us. Everything we do. If we don't, they're going to be lost and die and go to hell. And folks, we, we, that's hard. But he tells us, be strong and courageous, and he will lead the way. You see, we don't have to do it by ourselves. We have the Holy Spirit in us, dwelling in us, and leading us. Trust him. Follow him. And we can claim Canaan. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence and we thank you for your word. Lord, it's hard. We're not always sure what to do. We're not always sure where to go. But Lord, Lord, we ask for your leadership and your guidance. Show us the way. Help us to find how we can best minister to those around us. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for what you're doing. We praise you and are excited about what you've got planned. Open our eyes and our ears to you and let us follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.